Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Future Firm Accounting Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Lozanis, and today I'm joined by Mike McDermott, the CEO of a wonderful piece of cloud accounting software called FreshBooks. FreshBooks is the second largest small business accounting software in North America, has won countless awards for its excellent customer service and its fantastic work environment, and is coming hot off a new strategic investment from banking giant J.P. Morgan Chase, which I'm particularly interested in. As an outside observer, FreshBooks is a company that I've long admired. I'm looking forward to speaking with Mike today about some of his views on where cloud accounting is heading and how it might impact firm owners and leaders from around the world. Mike, thanks a lot for being here today. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Um, cool. So maybe if uh, you can just provide a very brief introduction of yourself and uh, we can kick it off like that. That's great. Um, so founding CEO of FreshBooks, um, our story for those who don't know it is... Uh, one day I was running a design firm. I was using Word and Excel to build my clients, saved over an invoice and started the business. Um, as you uh, uh, rightly indicated, uh, we, we've grown to be number two in uh, in North America for small business accounting software. I, I don't think anybody knows that. So it'd be QuickBooks and then FreshBooks. Um, so very proud of that accomplishment. Lots, lots left to do. And, and the way to think about us is um, we are by far the easiest to use accounting software out there. We really built um, for somebody who knows nothing about accounting to get going. We've got to focus on firms uh, who, uh, who frankly, they, they generally, um, they, they need to invoice their clients. And whether that's because they're running uh, project engagements or they need to do a lot of subscription billing, it's, you know, if you're sending a, a bill of record, um, uh, you have a non-inventory based business, you know, we're for you. So no retail, no restaurants, um, uh, but basically everybody else. And that focus has helped us keep our product simple. Uh, it's available on uh, mobile, desktop, and uh, uh, you know, it's been used by over 20 million people since we started. Yeah, I, I was actually interested to, to read about this. I mean, I'm someone that's been in the cloud space for, for a while now. And when I heard, you know, second largest small business accounting software in North America, I mean, that's quite impressive. So uh, congrats on that. Um, one thing I just wanted to kind of touch on uh, when I looked at your profile online on the FreshBooks site, there's one one line maybe um, I'd like you to just briefly explain. Explain it says, "A lover of the outdoors, Mike has been bitten so many times it's uh, by mosquitoes. It's rumored he's the first human to have de- developed Im- immunity to them." <laughs> what what's up with that, Mike? Um, that just speaks to uh, how I, uh, I I don't get to spend as much time out. Uh, as I used to, but I, I, I grew up uh, going on canoe trips and, and leading canoe trips, and I got bitten by a lot of mosquitoes. So it's, uh, 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 yeah, that, that, that's the punchline. Speaks to my love of the outdoors. All right. Awesome. Um, so so FreshBooks um, was, would you say, initially designed as like an ev- invoicing software and then developed more into a, a full-blown accounting platform? Is that accurate? I, I think that's a great way to think about it. We We we're solving for my needs and my needs were largely receivables based. I, I built the service because I was frustrated with Word and Excel, saved over an invoice one day by accident, but, but I had all these other problems at the time. I, I didn't know who I had sent invoices to. I had to go back, back through my inbox and be like, did I send it? Um, I didn't know when I sent it, if they were late yet. In some cases, the mail came with like a check in it and, um, 
it would be sitting on my desk and I didn't know if I'd taken it to the bank or collected it. And so I had all these receivables issues running around in my mind. And, you know, for 60 plus percent of small businesses who get paid for their time and expertise, these are very, very common, common problems. And obviously from an accounting and cash flow standpoint, you know, getting the dollars in the door is a critical, critical thing. And so I built this simple uh, version for myself to, uh, to help me get started. And then we started with that narrow sliver of if you want to think about it as an accounting stack or like a small business operation stack, but then pretty quickly our customers were like, this is wonderful. You know, I've automated things like following up with my clients for me. So I don't have to worry about it. You know, thank you for sending that email. They, they respond quickly. They pay. It's incredible. I didn't even lift a finger. So we were proud of doing that. And then, and then we got into, um, well, what, what do you need next? And we started hearing about, well, I need to be able to send an is- estimate or a proposal at the door to get a bid. Okay, that's great. Eventually, they said things like, oh, I need to track expenses because I need to rebuild them. And so we, we started getting into the other side of the, the ledger, if you will, and capturing expenses. And we layered reports on top of all that. But yes, it started out very much you know, sort of solving my problem, which was around receivables, and then and building out from there. Cool. So... I want to get right into the news here. Um, I want to talk about a bit about the accounting industry and where cloud accounting software may be leading it. Uh, I think the relationship between banking and accounting software first really started with bank feeds where banking data would automatically flow into a cloud account, into cloud accounting software like FreshBooks to help automate parts of the accounting function. And because of the online nature of the software, we also started to see some integrations with various third-party apps to help automate certain workflows. Like if I go on the FreshBooks site, you guys integrate with a ton of ton of different apps to help, help the automation process. But now I feel like we might be starting to see integration with accounting software, not just with apps, but also with service providers. And I think what we're seeing is a further integration between accounting technology and banking, as banks seem to have interest in being connected to cloud accounting software. And what piqued my interest once again in this topic is, is when I heard the news recently that J.P. Morgan Chase made a significant strategic investment in FreshBooks. Um, so I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about how this relationship came about. Well, uh, that that is a longer story. So yes, we just received a, a large um, strategic investment from J.P. Morgan and Chase, and it's it's from a special group inside the bank that. Uh, that, that just invests in, um, in a, frankly, clients of the firm who they've worked with for years. And so um, if I go back from that, um, our relationship with, uh, with uh, J.P. Morgan Chase started in a roundabout kind of way because, uh, and I think it's germane to this conversation we're going to have, is we were working with a company called uh, uh, WePay, which is a payments technology and it's a payments platform. And we, yeah. we started working with them and, uh, you know, for a, a lay, a lay person would say, Hey, it was something, it's something like a PayPal or a Stripe. Uh, but what they were was a, a yeah. payments platform that software developers like ourselves could integrate with, uh, to help our clients collect payment. And, and what it was, was a sort of white label platform. So we could get more control over the customer experience and bring that into FreshBooks. So somebody could sign up and uh, collect payment really easily. And, you know, if you think about why we were interested in payments, and I think I'll just talk about that for a second. Um, 
it was the same reason uh, we got interested in accounting software, frankly. Uh, our mission at FreshBooks is to reshape the world to suit the needs of self-employed professionals and their teams. And, and what that means is, and the way we go about doing it is, we look at categories out there and we say, hey, for this market, can we bring something new to the table? And for us, we, you know, the biggest innovation we brought to building accounting software and why we're number two is um, we, we brought a, a real design impetus to solving for the owner themselves, actually, as opposed to the accountant. So we, we try to make it really easy for the owner to, to, to get going. And that's the first design thing. Whereas all accounting software prior to FreshBooks is really built for the accountant first and foremost. And, um, you know, by virtue of building for the owner, it had to be a lot easier to use. When you get to the payments conversation, um, we got into that business because I had so much difficulty signing up to collect payment, you know, electronically for my my agency that I was running then that I built FreshBooks for. And, you know, back then I had to, you know, I tried to sign up and get an online payment gateway. It took weeks and weeks and weeks, you know, begging a bank to accept me as a customer. And then they made me fill out tons of forms. It took hours and hours. And then when they finally got back to me, they're like, okay, you know, we'll sign you up, but you have to put $70,000 down and we're going to charge you 5%. I was like, this is crazy. And so, um, you know, we took uh, FreshBooks, which was, uh, you know, uh, rapidly growing accounting software. And we said, let's, let's make it easy for our owners to collect payment. And so we took that process that I experienced, which was weeks and weeks and we took it into, um, you know, basically two clicks and you can be accepting Visa and MasterCard. And so that that was that was a big you know, design and experience innovation that came about from really understanding the owners and what they were trying to accomplish. So the, the relationship. So we chose to work with a company called WePay. And then, um, you know, so that was and we worked with WePay to, frankly, inform how their whole platform got built out and designed. And then. Um, and then uh, actually what happened is they were so successful, JP Morgan Chase actually acquired them uh, and have brought them in-house and they're making them their payments platform to, to build out their business and building it on top of the whole uh, Chase platform, uh, which is, uh, you know, which is significant. I think there might be the largest, uh, you know, payments processor, certainly amongst the banks. They're doing trillions through Chase Merchant Services and Payment Tech. So um, that is uh, that is now they're moving this you know increasingly towards this this the WePay platform, and uh, you know we were an anchor tenant on that. We helped design and inform it, and uh, and so now they recognize a they've had years working with us since the acquisition, and uh, can see what we're up to. Think it's remarkable, and uh, want to work together. Awesome. Okay. Um, and one quote that you you had in the uh, in the press release, if I could just read it, was. We see a significant opportunity to combine the strength and scale of JP Morgan Chase's banking and payment capabilities with FreshBooks's expertise in software design. So payments is already integrated within the platform through WePay. So that provides a pleasurable experience for um, you know all parties on the platform for uh, submitting and accepting payments. Is there something on the horizon with regards to further integration when it comes to banking, though? Is there anything you could speak about there? I think uh, a couple thoughts. First of all, I, I don't think we're done in payments. Okay, I think there's a lot of innovation still to be had there. Uh, I, I think okay. kind of there's the Stone Ages, and then there's where we're going, and you know the experiences we think we can deliver to owners and their their clients. And so I think there's lots of room to to make it all better. 
Um, and, and I'll say working closely with a, with a bank like, like Chase, um, you know, just, just helps us because, you know, th- these, these frankly huge platforms, these iconic brands just have so much capability in place and it hasn't all been brought to the, uh, uh, frankly, the digital world just yet. So we're going to help with some of that. We're going to benefit from some of that and we're going to design new experiences off this. But I think the the core concept to take away from all this is, you know, JP Morgan Chase is, is thinking about things like a platform, right? Yeah. And I think I think that is the right way to think about things. And so payments is is part of the financial services stack, right? And they're, you know, through through WePay and, and via WePay and through our work together, like basically what happens when people sign up with FreshBooks is they get, you know, they, they get going, they collect payment, but they're creating a merchant account um, in, in the background, which is already kind of a banking function. It's just a smaller part of that. And so I think there are a variety of experiences that can be improved upon, um, you know, through, through working together. And I think the banks are wise to the fact that, you know, the, a lot of power is moving towards the application layer. And, and so what do I mean by that? Not, not from, you know, not everybody's going to be familiar with that concept, but the application layer is, um, you know, there's all these, like the banking platforms and all these things, they, they exist and they exist in branches and all these other things. But when you pick up your phone, you think about where you spend your time or you, you know, you log into a piece of software that you use to run your business. Increasingly, these apps have, you know, influence over you and you use a lot of them and it's hard to predict in what combinations and, and which is going to be the next important one. And so what the banks are realizing is, hey, rather than try and uh, develop all these capabilities in-house ourselves, let, let's get really good at powering them and enabling them with what we do well, which is basically banking stuff. And I think that's an evolved perspective. I still see banks you know, doing foolish things like trying to white label or build. And, you know, I just think it's a, you know, waste of time in most cases. They're, they're better off to partner because, you know, as soon as you choose to white label or, or something like that yourself, you're kind of committed to one, uh, you know, sort of product in a category and the world may change and you may wish, you know, you may have chosen the wrong horse or, or whatever it is. And so um, you, you get infinite flexibility when you're a platform. And if you do a good job of it, you can, you can still have, you know, a huge percentage of the flow of transactions and commerce, you know, running through your platform, which is kind of the goal. Okay. So you, do you see FreshBooks as like a hub for where all of this can live then where, you know, banking can take place payments, you know, there might be other services that are rolled out down the road. Um, you know, in other parts of the world, we see, you know, uh, cloud accounting software integrating with, uh, loans and insurance products and access to capital like is this something that you would see on the horizon as well or is or or am i completely off base on this one i I mean i think directionally correct right we we already offer capital through through freshbooks through a partner called funbox and you know we do it on Mm -hmm. you know basically only make it available to people who we think would be useful and you know we can predict with a very high level of confidence who those people are and i know some other people pound their chest and talk about machine learning all day. I, I think it's a, I mean, I, I find it almost comical, but we can predict with like over 80% confidence, whether you're going to adopt a product. And so we make it available to you and then we don't bother you if it's not a fit for you. Right. So that's, that's powerful. And and you can do that with lending and a variety of other, other kinds of things. So I, I think directionally, yes, I, you know, I think there will be you know, certainly as you get into more and more regulated spaces, 
whether that's, you know, the financial tech from a bank or, you know, something like insurance, there will be boundaries to how far things go. But I think everyone should expect that the applications um, are going to be their own own set of power. And, uh, you know, then the question is, how do you how do you how do you partner with them um, to, to, to sort of uh, be involved with that? And instead of trying to choose one, how do you partner with multiple of them? Right. Um, and I think the accounting accountant channel is an important channel for FreshBooks. How do you think, you know, these types of developments in cloud accounting software may impact them? Do you see any, any opportunities? Do you think that will positively impact them? Uh, any threats, anything, anything that comes to mind there? Well, I think it's, um, you know, I know the, you know, the profession and, people supporting their clients every day, it, it is like this ongoing stream of new things to learn and apps to choose and, and connect and all these kinds of things. So I, I think the, the, as the, whether it's financial institutions or any other kind of uh, almost like utility, like, um, you know, firm out there before starts to make these available to software developers like FreshBooks, I, I think we'll all benefit from tighter integration, less need for data input and these kinds of things, which is, very good and it helps us elevate into more of an advisory capacity. So I think all of, all of that is possible, but I, you know, I also think it, you know, creates this unrelenting need to stay up to speed. Right. And in some cases you're going to have your clients coming to you and they may have learned, you know, before you did. And I think that can be a challenge sometimes. Um, you know, I don't think any of this is new or specific to just these areas, but um, I think the pace of innovation is, uh, is demanding a new, new way of working and, and frankly, at times, the, um, you know, we're going to play this advisor role, but we have to recognize that, you know, our customers can go out and inform themselves uh, and either make decisions or bring things to us that we weren't expecting. And, and staying open to that is, uh, is, is an important thing to do. Or, you know, frankly, I think you'll lose business. Got it. Cool. Um, one thing that you went through, which I think might be applicable to the accounting profession was, um, and you described this um, in, in some of the stuff I've read as an incredibly scary time for you uh, over a two year period, let's say, where you completely rebuilt your entire platform. Uh, like not just change a feature here and there, but like a complete redesign, a complete rebuild. Um, and I think you did some very interesting things to kind of test that out. Um, um, but maybe, and I think what we're seeing is a lot of the more traditional firms, um, having to kind of remodel themselves as well. And I think that's a, uh, a scary time for them. You know, they're going through a digital transformation. Um, maybe you can just tell me a little bit about why you went through that rebuild and, uh, some of the things that you, uh, learned along the way and, and how, you know, maybe some advice, uh, for, businesses going through a transformation of their own. Great. So let's talk about a few things in there and feel free to prod me as, as we go. Um, so I think, you know, change is hard. Change is very hard. And there's a lot of people running firms. And if you look at the demographics and the accounting profession, there's a lot of people who are dangerously close to retirement, um, you know, kind of wanting to just get to the end of the run and, and sell the firm. And, uh, and then there's, you know, people who are younger working inside firms that have established ways of doing things, but their mindset is more technology forward and there's a tension in there. And then there's people just starting out carte blanche and thinking about how to get going. But, you know, through this all, there's, there's this theme of, of change and, and change is 
you know, when you have a way of doing things, change, change is hard. Um, so in our case, we had a, you know, what we did was we, we did rewrite our software and um, that was a, a tough decision to make and a very risky thing to do because frankly, if you have something that's working, right? Like don't break it, right? Yeah. We're, we're like number two in America, like leading in ease of use and, you know, customer satisfaction, all these kinds of things. And like, why go and fix it? But, but here's why I did. And I think this is where the, the nugget can be for people is I, I do think even if you are at the twilight of your career or you think your firm is, um, I, I think you want to think about, well, how is the world changing and where are things going to be in 10 years? And if 10 years doesn't help you, why not think about where the world's going to be in 20 or 30? Right. And, mm -hmm. and I think it's once you start taking that longer lens, a lot of these decisions that are hard to make today become kind of obvious. Right. And it's like, oh, of yep. course, that's going to happen. Therefore, I need to start. And so and for the folks who are maybe at the twilight of their career and thinking about selling their firm, you know, what I would encourage you to think about is, you know, how much more valuable your firm is going to be, you know, and how much bigger your retirement nest egg, if you can push through that transition before you sell it, because otherwise somebody's going to pay less, just come in and do the work <laughs> and you, you could do it in yep. advance. Uh, and you lived that movie firsthand, Ryan, in terms of uh, building a firm that is uh, more desirable to be be acquired. Um, yep. So, um, so yeah. So I think the the biggest piece of advice I can have is, hey, to to really think long term, and then just think about like, hey, is my goal to build the most valuable firm that I can, or is the goal to kind of stick my head in my sand and hope it, it all works out in the end? Um, I, I think that latter path is is dangerous, and this notion of selling your firm at all you know, could be, um, you know, compromised by it. And one thing that I read that I, I, I thought was really, really cool was the way that you kind of tested this platform. Um, because you, you, you were almost, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, running two different pieces of software in parallel and gathering feedback on the new platform on the new piece of software with, uh, something that was branded under a completely different name. And, um, people didn't even know it was related to FreshBooks. Could you talk a little bit about that and um, uh, whether that you think that was instrumental in in helping uh, develop this new platform and um, how important was that feedback loop? Yeah, I'll try and think about how to be concise about this. Um, effectively, we built our own competitor, launched it into the world under a different brand name, and nobody knew the two companies were the same. We had a whole bunch of reasons for doing that, but that's effectively where we wound up. And then once we had that, it was like a Petri dish. We could test things out and we could learn empirically and through anecdotes for our customers what, what was working and what wasn't. Um, so, you know, if we bring that back to, you know, your practice, uh, it's less likely you need to create a whole new brand and compete yourself with yourself in that way. But, you know, the, the merit of trying to go and find a new client or two and start them up on a new set of processes and never have them touch the old ones, I think is, is a powerful one you can probably lean on. Got it. Um, and I'm, I'm very conscious of your, your time here, um, Mike. So I, I have one last question for you. Um, and it's something that, um, you know, I visited the FreshBooks office uh, many years back. And I have to say I was, there was two takeaways. There was two things that I actually implemented in my own firm after I visited your office. Um, 
One was the fact that everything, no one had, there was no closed doors anywhere. Um, so transparency, I think, is an important uh, value for, for, for the culture of your, your business. Um, so, uh, you know, all the offices were completely, uh, you know, if there were any offices, there'd be glass windows so you could see exactly what's going on. The other thing was um, customer service is obviously really, really important for your business. Uh, I think that's uh, maybe one of the reasons why uh, FreshBooks is so successful is because it has great customer service. Uh, as an example, uh, if you call FreshBooks, there's the number right on the uh, on the website. If you call, they'll answer within three rings. And I actually had a question for you guys the other day. I called and it was answered in under three rings. Um, and when I visited the office, this was, I think, in 2013, you guys... Um, had a projector on the screen with certain KPIs, customer service KPIs. And uh, clearly that's very, very important for, uh, you know, the success of your business. So how have you, as you've grown, I think you're over 300 people now, as you've grown, how have you maintained the culture around customer service? And how have you, um, yeah, how have you maintained the uh, culture around customer service at your business? Yeah, so if you think about, you know, what, what culture is to me is uh, it's what happens when nobody's looking, right? So we can't train people to want to serve others. We have to hire people who have an innate desire that way and then create the conditions where they're motivated to keep doing it. And so, um, you know, I think the, the way we have scaled it is, um, you know, we really do focus on, you know, the the qualitative, you know, some of those qualitative things. We use things like fast pickup on ring time and, and um, uh, other sort of quality metrics to instill like, hey, quality matters. But then we also just do a lot of celebrating of the little wins on a person-to-person basis of how we you know, took care of one customer. And we share those, those stories amongst the team. And after a while, people just get to know that that's what's expected, right? And when you sit down, everybody in the company spends their first month in customer service. And I think that's a big part of it as well. But then, you know, once you're trained up and that takes kind of like 10 days, you start answering calls and, you know, whether you're, you know, you're brand new to the company and we'll say, okay, well, you can just do whatever you believe is right to serve this customer. And you know what, if you make a mistake and you go too far in serving them, which, you know, is really hard to do in our world, unless you're doing something financially disastrous, um, you know, you can, we'd rather have you err on that side than start off with all these rules and policies and all the rest of it, you know, where it's all written down on paper and you don't get to think and you don't have the, the, the freedom to exercise your own judgment. So I think those are some of the, some of the things. Very good. Um, so, so Mike, I, I really do appreciate your time here. And, and for anyone listening, I would encourage you to maybe read a little bit about the story of fresh books and, uh, learn a bit about their culture and how they approach customer service. I think there's a, a lot of things that accounting firms could could learn from. I think um, you've done a, a great job, uh, Mike. So I just want to congratulate you on the success of the business. And I really do appreciate your time. Thank you very much for having me, Ryan. Congrats uh, on your uh, transition to uh, the, the next thing. Thank you very much, Mike.